0: This ends at prom is a critical analysis show and is being produced in solidarity with the WGA and sag After strikes. The podcast you're about to hear was produced during the strikes. And without the labor of the writers and actors currently on strike, the movie being reviewed here wouldn't exist. For more information, feel free to visit the Freelance Solidarity Project at FreelanceSolidarity.org. Damn, idle, and I don't wanna have to work twice as hard for the same motherfucking title, but I. Shalom! Or depending on what day you're listening to this, maybe even Shabbat Shalom prom party. We are a Thursday podcast. We are a Thursday podcast, but so we know a lot of you listen to this on Fridays and Saturdays. So. Yeah, not, not day of. Yes, not day of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited for this week's episode because we don't do a lot of new releases very often. And the reason for that is because we try to make sure that whatever movie we're talking about is at least accessible to the masses and we know that when it's like a theatrical release say we are absolutely doing bottoms one day I promise you you can stop emailing us we're gonna talk about bottoms one day but it'll be when it's on streaming or VOD when it's easier for people to access it because we want everyone to feel included and this week's episode is a new release but it's on Netflix which a majority of you have.
1: Yeah, we're not missing like the first month hype on this one like we did with uh, Do
0: Revenge. I know <laughs> the, another one that we will be doing uh, I think at some point later this year. It might be. I, I think so. I, I think it's on the schedule calendar for bit. later. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, this one we just felt very compelled to talk about because it has been the number one watched movie on Netflix. Which for a teen movie, that's a huge deal. This is also now the highest rated. I mean, according to Rotten Tomatoes. So take that with a grain of salt because as we discuss on this show all the time, it is an incredibly imperfect sight, but it is Adam Sandler's highest tomato-ranking uh, movie he's ever made, and that includes the Marowit stories and Uncut Gems, mm-hmm. um, which I think is phenomenal. Uh, it is a Jewish coming-of-age story. It stars actual teenagers, not people in their 20s. Mm-hmm. It's very cute. It's very wonderful. It's directed by Sammy Cohen, who also did Crush, another film that we will be talking about Probably during Pride next year. Don't hold me to that, but th- probably. And it sh- this is one of those movies that I just watched it, and it just overwhelmed me with every- like all the things we talk about on the show I wanted to-, to talk about with this movie.
1: Yeah, so I come home from work, and BJ goes, oh my God, so I watched this movie, <laughs> and I want to show you like one scene from this movie. And I went, or I could just watch the movie with you sometimes. You go, yeah, but when will we do that? And I go, we literally have an opening on the schedule next week. We yeah. could just do it
0: then. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about You Are So Not Invited to My bot Mitzvah. This is a new release, so context is a little you know different than usual. There's also not any sort of like, so do you have any memories of watching this? Because my memory was I was dog sitting and I watched this on Netflix while Harmony was at work. That's mm-hmm. my my memory of watching this.
1: My memory was we watched it last night while I ate Del Taco. Yeah, and it was good del taco, wasn't it? It was I mean it's Del taco. Yeah. It's, I don't know if it's, it's good. I don't know if it's particularly good del taco. I think it's pretty standard del taco.
0: Yeah, that's that's a very good point. And it's always really funny when we talk about eating like del taco or taco bell and people are like, mm, "You know that's not authentic Mexican food, right?" And it's like, "Yeah, we live in Los Angeles. We can get the best Mexican food in the world." Sometimes you want a burrito with french fries in it, and that's just how life is. I think that's called California style. I think so. I think so. Which is weird because we're from the Midwest, so that's like a very Yinzer thing is to put French fries where they don't belong. Like, "Mm, you want a Yinzer salad? It's a salad with French fries. Yeah.
1: Like, I I can go to a taco stand across the street from where I work most days and just Mm -hmm. get tacos there. Yeah. Get that al pastor.
0: Oh, yeah. Al pastor's good. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, if I want
1: real tacos, I can get real tacos. But also, it was like 10 p.m. at night, and I can't just get tacos delivered to my house from a taco stand.
0: (laughs) I will say... Eating Del Taco and re-watching this movie really late at night did feel very much like being at a junior high sleepover all over again. Eating junk food, watching a fun movie, gushing about it, talking about it with my best friend. Uh, it was kind of a perfect environment to watch this movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could see that. I, I didn't exactly watch movies like this at my sleepover. <laughs> but this This feels like a cute I'm 13 and having a sleepover kind of movie.
0: Fair point, fair point. I highly doubt uh, you and the boys were were eating. Me and
1: the boys? (laughs) You you and the boys. Me and the literal boys? You
0: and the literal boys eating nachos and, I don't know, watching Die Hard or whatever 13-year-old boys watch. Absolutely,
1: we're not watching Die Hard. We were watching shit like Kung Pao into the fist. And this this would (laughs) have been. That's a
0: lot of
1: nuts. That is a lot of nuts. This is about when we would be discovering that we can swear. So we would just be going like, wow, that's some cocksucker fucking hell shit you're doing right there. Shit. Like just cramming as many curses into one sentence because we felt mature about it. <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. Hell shit really got me. <laughs> I had the giggles that led to some snorting. We're back now. We're good. <laughs> so Let's if, talk about a movie. Let's talk about this movie. So if somehow you have not seen it yet, the plot synopsis is as follows. Stacy and Lydia are BFFs who've always dreamed about having an epic bat mitzvah. However, things start to go comically awry when a popular boy and middle school drama threatens their friendship and their rite of passage. I love this movie and this story so very much. Um, Harmony, what do you know about bat mitzvahs, I guess? I'll give you that question.
1: It's the girl version of a bar mitzvah.
0: Correct. (laughs)
1: It's 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 the uh, an equivalent of a quinceanera or a super sweet sixteen.
0: Yes. Very, yeah. There you go. I mean, it's obviously a little bit more important because it's also... Well, it's
1: tied to religion. It's tied to religion, so yes. it's a little
0: bit more important than like, I'm super rich and my parents are throwing me a party. I want a
1: Ferrari cake. <laughs> Did you ever watch my super sweet 16? Absolutely not. I would have been furious. Yep. That's exactly what it is. Uh, someone who is me, the human minivan, who does not <laughs> believe in excess, would have fucking
0: hated that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a whole lot. Um, yeah. And obviously, this is a a very specific type of bat mitzvah. The bat mitzvahs that I went to when I was a kid were nowhere near this, like, glamorous and wealthy. But this is Adam Sandler's family. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's obviously a different character. It's the Friedman family, but it's Adam Sandler and Adina Menzel. Their children are going to have the best.
1: Let's uh, let's burn Netflix money.
0: Let's burn that fucking <laughs> Netflix money. You're not going to pay your writers? Oh, we're going to put it on screen. Yep. <laughs> which, I, which I quite like. So this movie obviously came out like two weeks ago. Um, three weeks probably when this goes live. Uh, so in terms of like societal context, it's now. That's your societal context for mm-hmm. this movie. This is a movie set in our current time period in ways that we'll get into that I think are very, very brilliant. But what sort of context do you have to bring to the table Harmony? So
1: for almost the last 10 years now, Adam Sandler has been working very closely with Netflix. Mm -hmm. I believe either it was The Cobbler or The Ridiculous Six. I think it's
0: The Cobbler, yeah. About 10
1: years ago where Sandler started to do a lot of Not exclusivity, but borderline exclusivity with Netflix.
0: He does have some exclusive releases to Netflix as part of his deal. Like, he can do other things. It's not like he can only work at Netflix Mm -hmm. like it's, you know, pre-code studio systems or anything like that. Um, But something that people forget a lot is that Adam Sandler is a god. In a lot of international territories, mm. um, he's kind of li- li- like how like Dwayne the Rock Johnson will do like okay domestically, but sell like crazy overseas. Adam Sandler is similar. So while a lot of people in the states watch Adam Sandler's movies, like other countries eat his shit up, and that makes for a good deal for Netflix.
1: I feel like Adam Sandler is is, is kind of like the new new Pingu. Or Mr. Bean, <laughs> where the comedy is so distilled down to, like, base human comedy that people can go, huh, that's a joke.
0: Yeah, in, in any language. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So this is what Sandler's been up to for a while. Uh, I think it's fair to say that most of those movies have not been good, but they're exactly what you watch an Adam Sandler movie for.
0: Hey, the Hubie Halloween Defender has logged on.
1: Okay, I said
0: most. (laughs) Hustle, genuinely very good movie. Well, that's because Sandler just loves basketball. He does. He fucking loves basketball. And I think I should just like clear the air. Um, If you are not on our Patreon and have not heard our Billy Madison episodes... You all should know that Harmony and I are big fans of The Sandman. Um, his
1: golden era. His
0: golden era is. Once we get b- like halfway
1: deal. into the two thousands, I'm like, okay, it nah. gets
0: it gets a little dicier.
1: Once we get post like I don't know, Mr. Deeds, it's like, oh uh, no, we got to deal with that's my boy. Got to deal with Jack and Jill.
0: Okay, yeah, that's, uh, uh,
1: that's yeah. Pixels. There's, uh. there,
0: there's some rough stuff in there for sure, but as far as what he's brought to comedy, I also have a. Like, I'm a bigger fan of Adam Sandler than man. Oh, definitely. At this point in my age. Like, I love Sandler. Hearing the stories, you can hear about it on our House Bunny episode of him getting the House Bunny made because he believes in Anna Faris. Like, that has earned so much goodwill in my eyes with him. But also, just, he's an icon. Like, that is unfuckwithable. That is, Adam Sandler is just so impressive to me. And I'm also a little Nikki defender, so there's that. So,
1: speaking of Adam Sandler being an icon, something that I find very fascinating is he's unavoidable and so unless Mm -hmm. unless he's doing like a cameo bit in like a rob schneider movie i was like this is where you put your weed Mm -hmm. he doesn't do anything short of a starring role very often Mm -hmm. and this is one of those rare exceptions Mm -hmm. so it's like yes is it technically like the highest rated adam sandler film on rotten tomatoes yes but it's not really an adam sandler movie it's like a sandler family movie yes but it's not about him Mm -hmm. he's just you know just being a old Jewish dad and I love him.
0: Oh God, he's such a delight in this movie.
1: So I think that's really interesting to think about in terms of like the grand scheme of the the Sandler filmography.
0: And what's interesting is, so this is a Happy Madison production, which is his production company. And... About a year ago, I want to say now. I think it was that long ago. I was one of the guest GMs on the Screen Drafts podcast for the Happy Madison draw, where they, you know, picked the the seven best Happy Madison films. Mm-hmm. And part of me wants to be like, "Hey guys, we should probably do this again because uh, there's a new winner."
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did win? I don't remember. I don't
0: remember either. It's Great. been so long. <laughs> anyway, y'all, y'all
1: go listen to Screen Drafts. But- yeah. I'm on a few episodes. I might be doing one soonish, so yeah. you know
0: just we've both on. been on some episodes.
1: Yeah. like they're great they're they're good they're good peoples. But one other thing that I think is worth noting about context for this movie is that uh we do a lot of Netflix teen movies, mm mm-hmm. because there really is like we'll we'll see what it is now, like in a in a post. Bottoms world, like mm-hmm. we're getting a lot of of teen stuff finally making it to theaters again. Mm-hmm. But for a while there, the only like bona fide teen fare you could get, rather than just being like, I don't know, teenagers watch Marvel movies, but it's not about teens. Mm-hmm. It was directly to streaming. So like, we did The Prom, regrettably. <laughs> we did Moxie. We did Fear Street ninety four. We did He's All That. We did Mitchell's versus the Machines. But like
0: we also do a lot of Hulu teen movies as well. Yeah. Um, but you're you're absolutely right. Streaming um,
1: is the only way that mm-hmm. you're getting these kids to watch these movies. Mm-hmm. Apparently,
0: which is a bummer because you know there's all these complaints uh, during Barbenheimer weekend. Like all these youths, they were all on their phones during Barbie and Oppenheimer on the TikToks and doing whatever. It's like, well, if you're not giving them movies that they want to see in the theater, how are you going to teach theater etiquette?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like that, just, as simple as that.
1: Yeah. There was definitely a lady who came into where I was working and was complaining about a teen boy being loud during a th- screening of Attack the Block. And this lady came out the fucking gate so goddamn, like, she was like, he needs to shut the fuck up. And I was like, you need to chill the fuck you out. You need to take it down a notch. You are too goddamn much, lady. You are, you are screaming at a literal, like, 13, 14-year-old right now.
0: And also, you're watching a movie about delinquent children. That's kind of part of it.
1: Yeah. Like, <laughs> have, that, have that, some empathy. That lady was a fucking menace. Yeah. Fuck her. Yeah. So, like, I, I doubt she
0: listens to this show, but if she does, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, I, I believe in
1: theater etiquette, but I also think movies aren't that serious, dude, especially if it's something you've seen before. Yeah. Like, oh no, someone's laughing too much during Goodfellas. It's a funny movie. Chill out.
0: Right. <laughs> so, before we dive in any deeper, it is time for everyone's favorite part of the show. Thank <smart noise> Hello, prom party. Yes, it is BJ. I am back to do the morning announcements for this month. The first one is the usual. If you would like to support This Ends at Prom, you can subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash prom. We have tiers that start as low as $1 and ones that go all the way up to $10. If you want to give us more, that's cool too. And this month on the Patreon, we've got some really cool stuff for you. As part of our musical milestones, We're talking about Taylor Swift's movie. There's just too much to say, and people have been underestimating teen girl audiences for too long, so we're going to talk about it. You don't have to be a Swifty to enjoy it, because it's going to be a very fun discussion, talking about the tech side of things, as well as how Taylor Swift screwed over the Hollywood system, which, given the circumstances of the strikes right now, we are a huge fan of anybody willing to screw over the studio systems. And as far as our Sadie Hawkins episodes are concerned, it's September. We're going back to school. So we're going to talk about two college boy classics, Van Wilder and Animal House. Let's see how that goes. In addition to that, we are still on our trek through TV Homecoming, going through the first and only season of My So-Called Life. And as always, there is the monthly playlist from Harmony. It's always good stuff. We love how excited you all have been in sharing with us the bands that you like that you've heard because of the show. If you are unable to support the show financially at this time, we totally understand it. We are in a recession right now. The only thing that we ask is that you give us a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to this show and maybe share us with a friend. And this month, we also want to shout out a brand new book we think some of you out there might really like, Just in Time for Spooky Season. The Scary Movie Writer's Guide from Seth Sherwood, he's our guest on Hellfest, is a 100-plus page step-by-step workbook that guides you to plan, plot, and write your own Horror screenplay. It takes you through the entire process, starting with generating ideas, forming work habits, all the way through the process of making a detailed outline. Cook up plots, find themes, play with subgenres, decide on point of view and style, cook up characters and monsters. I mean, it's a workbook for a reason. But if you are interested in checking out this book, you can get it at www.scarywriter.com. Again, that is www.scarywriter.com. Thank you so much for listening, and back to the movie. Alrighty, so as we mentioned, this is a Sandler family film, and the starring Sandler in this is... Sonny Sandler, who mm-hmm. plays Stacy Friedman, Harmony. How do you feel about Stacy?
1: I love her and also hate her for the right reasons. Yeah. This is so something that I walked away with this movie feeling like, and I I, I was pretty keened in on it like very early on, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh the betrayal, oh the betrayal, just uh-huh. like that's just what kept re- <laughs> like repeating through my mind as we watched this movie is this is. Teens behaving badly, which is obviously like a common genre, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but it's teens being catty and bad reasonably. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's not like- They're not
0: crashing cars. It's
1: not do revenge where it's like, oh, it's this big elaborate scheme where I have to ruin your entire life because of this one thing, which like obviously it's over the top, it's camp. Mm -hmm. This is way more grounded into like a semblance of reality Mm -hmm. than like mean girls or Heathers, Mm -hmm. or any of these other things that people always pull from when they make a modern, like, catty girl movie. Mm -hmm.
0: No, you're absolutely right. And that's not to say that those movies are bad or not as good. No, I'm saying that... They're different.
1: I'm saying we've seen people pull from those movies so much. Mm -hmm. It's just like, oh, no, this is like... This is this is a more realistic version of, like, a teen girl being a little asshole.
0: Yeah, and you're totally right. Like, this is very much a realistic look at the ways that you have infighting with your friends. Um, and, and not only that, this also falls into kind of comedy of errors because, like, one of the big betrayals is an accident. It's not intentional. It's not malicious. It's just a really fucked up thing that happens. Um as far as Stacy Friedman is concerned for me, I would die for her. Mm-hmm. I love Stacy Friedman so much. She might be my favorite like teen protagonist that I've seen this year mm-hmm. because she is so lived in and so real and yet there's something about her that even when she is being a little asshole and when she's being, you know, kind of conniving that I root for her. Because I know that, like, that's not her heart. Like, I can't explain how good I think Sonny Sandler is in this movie because th- there really just aren't words for it. But every time I see her make these decisions where she is being mean or she is lashing out and it feels very impulsive i can look at her and i'm like this is impulsive this is not who you are this is you not having good emotional regulation and you you're just you're feeling a hundred things at once and they're too big and you don't know what to do so i guess i'm gonna have to you know message the rumors instagram and say some shit about my friend because i don't know what else to do with myself Mm -hmm. and the whole time i'm like oh baby no no you're gonna regret this you don't understand how intense and permanent this decision you're making is Ah, like I feel like a natural big sister inclination of wanting to protect her because I love this character so much.
1: Well, I mean, you can tell that she has regrets for everything she's doing. Mm -hmm. Like when when she's uploading the videos to the entrance video and I'm like, oh, no.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Most of those are actually like really cute. They're not that bad. Mm -hmm. But when they're in front of like, you know, your grandma and the entirety of your community and kids you go to school with. Woof.
0: Right. Like, it's bad. It's bad
1: that, like, you filmed yourself queefing in your friend's face.
0: It's really funny, though. (laughs) It's really
1: funny. Um, (laughs) But, like, uh, they're not that bad in the grand scheme of things, but it's fucking world ending when you're 13 because it's the most embarrassing goddamn thing. Uh, I think that even when she's doing that, like, she's watching these things being like, oh, they're funny. Like, they're laughing. I miss her. Mm -hmm. Like, when she's scrolling through all the messages, she's like, oh, well. Oh, I, I, I miss her, but like, it's, it's the complex feeling of being betrayed, mm-hmm. where it's like, you're mad at the person, but you're mad, you're most upset because you care. Mm-hmm. And because like you, you fucking broke my heart. How dare you?
0: Yeah. So this movie is very much about the friend breakup, like the big friend breakup. Mm-hmm. And it's so wonderful to see. Like, obviously it's terrible. <laughs> like, I don't want these friends to break up because I love them. But it's a, t- it's a great movie to see because this is such a common thing that happens because sometimes when you're 13, like the love of your life is your best friend. It's not the boy that you're dating. And a lot of these relationships that you have when you're 12, 13, 14 years old that are romantic, they're not going to last. No, Of course not. Like, that's not real. But the friendships you make at this age absolutely can last. My best friend is the same best friend I've had since I was 14 years old. Mm -hmm. And I'm in my mid-30s. Like, that is the longest relationship I have ever had and if anything happened between the two of us, I would be fucking devastated mm-hmm. like oh my God, I can't even imagine. So that's what we're witnessing is we're witnessing this really devastating, horrible life-shattering breakup and it's your friend. it's not the boy you have a crush on. and we need to see more of that because when those friendship br- breakups happen, people don't know what to do. There's no guidebook for this. There's 10,000 articles online of what happens when I get dumped, what happens when I get a divorce, what happens when this happens. But there's not as much information on, like, what do I do with my best friend and I aren't best friends anymore.
1: Well, I think that even if you defer to, like, the the, the advice of people of what you do in certain situations, um, the best thing someone's probably going to give you is, you know what? No, fuck them.
0: Right. So like the response is is, you should be
1: pissed. Fuck them. They're an asshole and betrayed you. Like you're totally justified in absolutely ruining their life. Protect your peace.
0: Right. That's not helpful for anybody. (laughs) No. It's like
1: I I I think that especially when you're young, you go to these like big extremes, and like the impact of like people telling you you should be filled with rage Mm -hmm. isn't necessarily easy when you have conflicting feelings and you've never experienced this kind of heartache before. Mm -hmm. Like. You're 13, and they keep saying, oh, well, my my bat mitzvah is going to be the biggest day of my life. And it's like, well, so far. Right. But you don't know that yet.
0: Yeah, when you're 13, though, it really is. Like, this is the thing that you care about more than anything. I thought the same way when I was turning 16, because I could finally drive. It was like, I can drive. I have freedom. This is the biggest day of my life. That's like, it doesn't even rank top 10. Yeah. And it's only been... Like seventeen years since I turned sixteen. I don't know if that math is right. I'm not a mathematician,
1: dude. Like my sixteenth birthday wouldn't even rank in like the top hundredth. I don't. I don't know if boys do like sweet sixteen parties. Like I don't think that that's a thing that like you're supposed to give a shit about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I think I just went to like a, a hibachi grill in like a strip mall with like two friends. And See, like my mom was awesome, there, though. it was fine. Um, one of them complained about being like, "Ew, he keeps trying to fling eggs in my mouth," and I hate eggs,
0: <laughs> so it wasn't, you know, it, it was fine. It was whatever. <laughs> Do you remember your third, like turning thirteen? No. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. I don't either. I was at a baton contest. That's what I remember. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I did for my 13th birthday. I was in a gym all day competing in a baton twirling competition. Oh. I did qualify for nationals, though. I will say that. <laughs> oh, well.
1: I, I, I think for me, like, I think most of these things blend together because all of my birthdays played out kind of exactly the same,
2: mm-hmm.
1: where it wasn't a thing where, like, I got into it. It was, it was an excuse for the family to get together. Mm -hmm. And we got increasingly few of those as our family started to crumble after my grandpa's health declined Mm -hmm. and we stopped doing things at grandma and grandpa's house as much. Mm -hmm. So then people would be like, no, like mom, you're getting old. You can't be cleaning up and taking care of everyone. We're doing it at my house, even though everyone else's house is way smaller. Mm -hmm. So then I didn't have like very many friends come over for my birthday. It was just my relatives yelling at each other Mm -hmm. on like the driveway. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So all of my birthdays up to a certain age all play out the exact same way. So they all blur together.
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I I couldn't tell you what my 13th birthday looked like versus any other birthday I had probably up to that point.
0: So then the other question is obviously you and I are both not Jewish. So we did not go through this process at all. But did you have any friends that like took communion or like had any of these big like. I mean I, I did that. Okay, so you, you had to take communion. I, I, did, I did confirmation. That's what it is. Yeah. Con- Com- communions Again, the- I'm a blasphemous heathen. I don't know communions this shit. Communions
1: where they give you the bad church wine and the the wafers that taste like paper. Yeah. Yeah, no, you can do that. And first it's your-
0: communion and you have to wear that like white dress thing.
1: It's a robe, but I- or, It's a dress. Or, okay, sure. You look like an angel or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, and first communion, I was not really super whatever about that. Um, I do remember my first confirmation, though. Okay, so... Or I guess your, your regular confirmation. Okay, so <laughs> I don't what? think it's the first one. I think you just have one. Okay, so um, what is that? Um, you have to go to, like, basically teenage Sunday school at night on a Sunday, and you have a bunch of pastors, and they all rally together, all of the teenagers of various nearby churches, and everyone comes in, and they teach you all the things about the Bible and stuff, and really, they just kind of, like... I grew up Lutheran. We don't give a shit about this stuff. We are, like, the laziest Christians, like, (laughs) sincerely. Like, they just go, I don't know. If you remember the Bible verse, like, halfway, then we'll just check your thing off. Whatever. Like, they did (laughs) not care.
2: Um,
1: And then I, what was supposed to be confirmation is we're going to have a party that was basically going to play out, like, every single one of my birthdays. But instead, this time it was in the basement of the church and Ooh. I was in it for the money because I did not want to be because I was still mad that I got baptized up against my will as a child. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, we was in the basement of the church where we have like Easter and shit. And um, yeah, people gave me cards. And on the ride home, I opened up the cards and took the money out and got yelled at. Oh, because I was supposed to write thank you cards with the exact dollar amount for some reason why
0: would you do that absolutely not you just say thank you so much for the generous gift of money i will be putting it towards this i appreciate you coming love you
1: that's what i was gonna do and then my mom was like no you can't just say like thanks for the money it's insincere and impersonal you have to say like thank you for the gift of fifty dollars or whatever and i'm like what?
0: Thank you for such a generous gift. Or thank you for the gift of generosity. You don't give exact dollar amounts.
1: No. Your mother I was supposed my dad was also on Your
0: that father. Month. They both were I've very never met insistent. him. I can't talk as much shit. It
1: was it was very much like how it was supposed to be. Um but yeah, I was supposed to basically go up and read about uh, some sort of speech that I wrote about what being a Christian meant to me and then pick a Bible verse and read that. And uh, they didn't like my Bible verse. <laughs>
0: What did you pick? Do you remember?
1: I don't remember what the verse was, but they were just like, mm, this makes God sound like kind of uh, spiteful and petty and angry. Uh, you need to pick another one. And then they gave me like six choices. And they was like, you have to pick one of these. And oh, so up. they
0: were like, you have to talk about New Testament God. You cannot talk about fire and brimstone God.
1: There's a good chance that that was the case. Yes. Um. <laughs> But again, it was just it was just so lazy and it was it was probably a big deal to some people. It was the most like I'm going through the motions thing for me. And that seemed to be the case for everyone else where it's like it's just a thing you do. Whatever. Who gives a shit? So very distinctly, not this.
0: Yeah. there is The severity
1: is not here. Jesus Christ, Adam Sandler screaming at his daughter for kissing a boy in Temple.
0: Okay. I'm obsessed with the Friedman family. So one, anytime Adam Sandler and Adina Menzel work together, I'm thrilled. I love them in Uncut Gems. I love them in this. I just love them. I think they're great. But yeah, the, the scene of... Adina Menzel talking to Jackie Sandler, so Adam Sandler's wife, who's mm-hmm. playing Lydia's mom, um, while Adam Sandler is screaming at his daughter is so incredible because, you know, it's it's like any argument. Sometimes you only get bits and pieces of it. You don't get the whole thing. But him essentially saying, like, we fought the Nazis so that you could have a virgin mojito bar mm-hmm. is one of the greatest moments of his career, in my opinion, because I can just imagine him being off screen and just screaming and the two of them laughing in between takes. Yep. Like that's the energy this movie feels I, like it has the I whole time. I feel like I can
1: hear S- Sandler smiling through these lines.
0: Yes. He Like he sounds like he's having so much fun. That boy's
1: going in the wood chipper.
0: <laughs> it's so funny. And okay, so while while we're in kind of this world... There is one specific moment in this movie that I the second I saw it I've not been able to stop thinking about it. And it's after the betrayal happens and Stacy is really upset and she's in the car with dad and they're going to go to the movies and she's like, "Actually, can you drop me off? I really want to go talk to her." And he's like, "Sure." And he goes to give her a cup of coffee to like, you know, fake her out like, "Here, you know, I'll even let you try coffee." And then he pretends to like spill it on her, but it's empty. And the reaction that Sonny Sandler has is so genuine and lived in and adorable that it feels like this might just be a bit of Adam Sandler like fucking with his daughter. But you realize in this moment based on her reaction and the casualness of him messing with her, this is what it really is like for the two of them. Like this is just what their relationship looks like. And it fills me with so much joy because it's like, Adam Sandler is such a good dad. He is such a girl dad and it makes me really happy. <laughs> I'm
1: sure he is and I, 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 I love seeing him just Fuck around with his kids Mm because that's clearly what he's doing. It's just like, oh hey, instead of making grown ups with David Spade and Chris Rock and all my other friends where we go on vacation and fuck around, I'm gonna make a movie where I can just hang out with my family.
0: Yeah, it's (laughs) awesome. And okay, so the other sister in this is Ronnie Friedman, who is played by Sadie Sandler. So the older sister, and I love how different the relationship is because she's a little bit older she's in high school so she's a lot more grounded with her parents in the way that they communicate and I do love that there's kind of a running bit of like I was awful when I was her age and even I wasn't that bad mm-hmm. which is very much how me and my parents talked when my sister was starting to come of age where I would be like I was nuts and even I wasn't that mouthy to you
1: yeah well <laughs> you, there was a part in this where like they're fighting and you were like this is exactly how my mom <laughs> parented which is like she's reading a magazine on the couch and he just goes
0: girls knock it off yeah and it's just like like very, doesn't,
1: doesn't get off the couch doesn't move a muscle doesn't make <laughs>
0: eye contact just like girls leave her alone and it's like oh my mama did that mm-hmm. <laughs> I also love the running gag that Ronnie and her best friend Zara uh, are constantly watching horror movies on their phone. And it's their way of, like, negging the boys they like. Yeah. Because the boys be like, hey, have you heard of this movie? Yeah, we've seen it. And it's weak like you. And they're like, okay. Man. And then by the end of it, the boys are, like, on their shoulders. And you can tell, like you were playing the long game. I love you.
1: Yeah. Like evil dead two is not weak at all. And then the later they're like, we're going to watch evil dead two. I
0: know. <laughs> just absolutely lying through their teeth to nag these boys obsessed yep. with them. They're great. Yeah. <laughs> Watching child's play 2. Mm-hmm. Just Watching fun. it. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're good, fun. good.
1: Good list of good movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Shawshank. And doesn't, then Shawshank. Exa- doesn't exactly fit the theme, <laughs> much less for like a pseudo date night. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just, uh, it's wonderful. Uh um, but going back to kind of stacy so stacy's best friend is lydia i also really like lydia as a character because she is the friend who makes a mistake but it is nowhere near as big as how stacy is feeling that it is, but obviously perspectives cannot be trusted at this age. Mm-hmm. The, the emotions are a, a little bit too big. Yeah. Um, and she is continually being punished by Stacy for it. And so then she lashes out in retaliation. So what we have here is two friends who instead of communicating, and we see them refuse to communicate by sending each other text messages of like, I don't want to talk about it right now. I'd rather just talk at school or just ghosting or what have you. Because they're not actually communicating, they're just retaliating Mm -hmm. against each other nonstop. Uh, They're also just straight up lying to each other because when they do try to communicate, it's like, did you do this? And it's like, nope. Mm I don't know what you're talking about. And it's like, yes, you do. Yes, you do. But again, when you're 13 years old.
1: Oh, to be 13 and have no forethought.
0: Because it's the same song and dance as it is with most of the movies we talk about on this show these are the biggest problems you've ever had in your life these are the most important things you've ever experienced so they're going to feel gigantic
1: yeah and like the 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 main takeaway they kind of get to as they resolve this problem is like you shouldn't just be like stepping on your friends and being mean to your fucking friends and stuff and i don't i don't know i think that that's that's very much a youthful thing about like fucking with friends or being mm-hmm. mean to your friends or like, Hey, you're having like, cause that's what this whole interaction at what is a, a quarry. Mm-hmm. I think it's like the ledge. It's like, why are so many small towns that movies are set in conveniently near a quarry <laughs> <laughs> that everyone wants to jump into. We couldn't do that. We had rusted cars in the bottom of ours. <laughs> so you might die. But the, 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 big, the big thing is that her, her, her pad, her jumbo pad escapes. Mm -hmm. And the boys are like, ew. And then the girls are like, um, you couldn't even handle having a period. And then the boys are like, ew. And they're like, okay, well, I guess we're going to make fun of the girl anyway. (laughs) But also be, you know, socially conscious about it at the same time.
0: My favorite thing, too, is so, like, that you couldn't even handle having a period – the ire of this entire movie keeps getting directed at this kid, Aaron, like mm-hmm. everybody just shits on Aaron this whole movie. And at the ledges, he has this one moment where he's like, I didn't even do anything. And you see him actually internalize, like everybody being mean to him all the time. And you're like, oh, no, buddy, I'm sorry. Everyone's being so mean to you yeah. all the time. Yeah, he's he's got
1: the just toady energy.
0: He kind of does. But, I mean, he just wants someone to play Don't Stop in. Yeah. He's a simple
1: man with simple plans. He is. <laughs> so what ends up happening in that interaction is Lydia laughs, which means Stacy's like, well, I can't be mad at the popular girls because I want to be cool with the popular girls. And I can't be mad at the boy I have a crush on and his friends. So the only other person here I can be mad at is my friend.
0: And what's interesting... And she's going to
1: get the brunt of
0: everything. And what's interesting, too, is that Lydia's laugh is not because she actually thinks what happened to her best friend is funny. She's mortified. That is a nervous laughter of, everyone else is laughing, and this boy that I have a crush on but I can't have a crush on because my friend has a crush on him, is laughing so... (laughs) Like, it is such a nervous laugh, and it's written all over her face. But obviously, like, Stacey's kind of in, like, fight-or-flight mode right now because she's been humiliated. She's not going to be able to see that. Mm -hmm. That Nuance is not existing. She sees laughter, which is betrayal.
1: Yeah. So I want to I come back to the the boy that she has a crush on that everyone Andy has a crush
0: Goldfarb.
1: on. Goldfarb. I'll come back to him in a second. But I don't know. Like, did you have friends that you were just like, I don't know, that you didn't necessarily think you were better than, but your body you thought you were better than? Where you just like reflexively, you're like, I'm better than you in my friend group.
0: Harmony, I was raised that if you don't have anything nice to say, to not say anything at all. So I plead the fifth on uh, this question. <laughs> yes, I understand.
2: Uh huh. But like, that's absolutely
1: a thing that I <laughs> I'm think. I'm not
0: going on the record where people can take that sound clip out of context. I don't
1: think that we talk about how mean we all were to our friends as like 12, 13 year olds, Mm -hmm. especially like we were boys, like we hit each other and shit like that. We were like, we were just like, we have big feelings. I'm gonna come over and fucking pretend to break your neck, (laughs) but I'm actually gonna twist your neck. (laughs) Like, that's just a thing that we would do because it's just like, I got weird feelings and this is male bonding, I guess. And I'm gonna punch my friend because we're at a, in this instance, I am above you. Well, so, like, my body like, had this, like, reflexive feeling of, like, I think I'm better than you, and my brain's like, I don't know if I am, and my body's like, yes, you are. <laughs> well,
0: also, it's, like, the socialization of, like, I can't actually show you how I feel with affection because then that means I'm gay, so now I have to punch you. Well, it's
1: sort of, like, there's, there's a whole lot of things that go into it, but we definitely just don't talk about that, like, at all when we bring it up because it just, it means that we were all little shits. <laughs> And it's just hard to admit that you were a little shit.
0: No one wants to admit that we were all little shits. We were all just different flavors of little shits.
1: Like, they have, okay, so Stacy and Lydia have other friends. They're just, like, the friends that get called over whenever Stacy needs something. And you can tell that, like, in terms of, like, their friend group, that isn't maybe the tightest friend group, but, like, you're in school together and therefore you have created a, gr- a clique that you, you inhabit. Mm-hmm. They are absolutely lower priorities mm-hmm. than, than Lydia. It's like yeah, obviously you got your number one. Mm-hmm. That that's just the way it is. The person you respect, the people, the person you love, the person you spend the most time around. But it's like, yeah, I mean, we're friends, and I love you, and this is about friendship. But also, I'm like, mm, do I? Am I actually friends with you, or do I just? Need, is it just convenient to have you around? Okay,
0: so I, you're not wrong, but it's also not as like cut and dry as that. No, so- I know. So like I'm talking, okay.
1: this, this happens in waves throughout the course of the film.
0: Yes, totally. So like I had two separate like hardcore friend groups growing up. So I had my friends that I will refer to as like my Sex and the City friends. I'm the Miranda, obviously, because I'm a lesbian, and that's just how that that works. Sure. Um, but so I had like my Sex and the City friends, which was my very best friend, um, our friend Amanda, who's no longer with us, and then another friend who also owns a business. So I'm not going to use her name just in case because people are weird. Um, and then everyone knows I don't use my best friend's name on the show because she's a lawyer so we're not gonna do that um and so that was like my my one core group of friends and then the other one uh we called ourselves the sea world crew um Me and my best friend were Shamu and Mamu. Fucking Um,
1: beanbag boy-ass names? Yes.
0: uh, It was Shamu and Mamu because we were fat whales because a girl (laughs) that didn't like us uh, said that we were fat whales one time and we're like, fuck you, we're owning it. Um, And then our other friend was Manny T uh, because she was also a bigger girl who got called like, yeah, and -and so-and-so is like a manatee. And she's like, well, now I'm going to go by Manny T and you can fuck yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the other one was (laughs) Flipper with a Right Hook because... Uh, when she laughed, she kind of sounded like a dolphin. And mm-hmm. one time uh, she punched somebody at a haunted house because she got scared. So flip her with a right hook. These are great names. And then the other one was uh, the walrus. And it was because her last name was Walton. So Walton and walrus. Mm-hmm. So that was like my World group and my Sex in the City group. But in both of those friend groups... My best friend is in both of those friend groups. Everybody knows, like, we are the duo. So, like, we have a group of friends, but that is my best friend. Mm-hmm. We are best friends. And that was just kind of the understood hierarchy of friendship. So they, everyone in the groups knows, like, we're all friends with each other. But if push comes to shove, that is my maid of honor. Like, that is my matron of honor. I will throw
1: you all down some stairs <laughs> to save my best friend.
0: Yes. <laughs> like,
1: I don't know. Do you, this is also a thing when it comes to best friends. But it's, like, the, the interaction of being someone... Thinking you're their best friend, mm-hmm. but they're not your best friend.
0: That's also very weird. Where
1: you will be like eight people's best friend but none of them are your best friend.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's also a very real that my sister had that more than I did cuz mm-hmm. I've always had like my best friend and like we are kind of a package deal. But it's a matter of
1: people knowing that mm-hmm. and then there's some people just overestimating their uh their 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 place. Yeah, their stock a
0: little bit. Yeah. Uh
1: yeah. It, it happens a lot when you're young.
0: And like the thing you know? too is like there there's not necessarily something that's inherently bad about that I think like people get in their m- minds like friendship should be like communism and we're all equal and like that's not no how
1: some that peop- works some people you just get along better with than others and that's you, you just vibe that's just how it is. There are
0: some people that, like, that you just get each other. You just get each other, dude. And Stacy and Lydia are those people. Like, mm-hmm. the, when she is going through the footage of their friendship or whatever, including the stuff that's not super embarrassing, there's, like, the videos of them making videos together when they're, like, nine years old, being like, thanks for watching. Bye. Mm-hmm. Or there's, like, a video of them at kindergarten. And you can hear the 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 voiceover from mom being like, "Stacy, stop smothering Lydia because she's hugging her so much Mm -hmm. because she loves her so much Mm -hmm. like you can't replicate that like you either have it or you don't you
1: can't just come in and be like I'm gonna make you my best friend it's like good luck (laughs)
0: that's not how friendship works
1: (laughs) it's it's all this this very unique situation of uh particularly high school when stuff is a lot more direct Mm -hmm. like I don't know how many people are like 30 going like I have a new best friend (laughs) I don't I I think that's just one of those things that you did that just it doesn't come up as much but, yeah, there's, there's so clearly, like, the best for each other, and the fact that Stacy ends up hanging out with, like, her two other friends, who she only invites over, be like, oh, take pictures with me, you know, we'll hang out every once in a while, but it's like, it makes it so much more glaring, ov- glaringly obvious how much she loves Lydia more. Yes. Because it's like, you're not filling the same hole in my heart.
0: <laughs> right, and, like, it's not that there's anything wrong with them, she clearly does like them as people, and they sure. are friends, but, like... It's not, that's not the love of your life. Correct. Lydia is the love of her life. Yeah. And that doesn't get explored. So it is really, really nice to see.
1: I mean, that's, that's all of the best things about this This is exploring a lot of stuff that doesn't get brought up very well. Mm -hmm. Um, Like the, the, the big crux of like, oh, Hey, now the girl the the, now the day that I go from a girl to a woman, everything makes sense. It's Mm -hmm. like, wow, I was a self-centered asshole. Mm -hmm. like the biggest and like everyone is when they're like 12 years old Mm -hmm. that's just a thing
0: one of the most beautiful and enlightening experiences a person can have is when they do have that aha moment of oh god why am i doing this Mm -hmm. why am i acting like this and some people never have that moment nope and that's a real shame
1: yeah like i don't know they're just you, you don't have honesty or self-awareness when you're a, a child like that. Either you're too honest or you lie about everything. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's There's not really a two ways about it. it. It all comes down to vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So the thing with Andy.
0: Andy Goldfarb.
1: Something that I love that this movie does is that Lydia has a, a thing for Andy. And she straight up says, yeah, you had a crush on him. Guess what? So did every girl in our grade. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't tell you that because you get mad at me. And, like, that's very true. But also, I love the thing of being like, yeah, you thought you were the only one who liked him? Every girl thought he was cute.
0: Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Because we're in junior high territory. And what is the only thing you need as a junior high boy to be the cutest boy in junior high good hair and this movie shows him in multiple occasions flipping his head up and he's got that tousled curly hair that all the girls go wild for even though he is dull as shit and he's so (laughs) so
1: boring he's such like a yeah tight tight awesome dope
0: facts
1: yeah like he's so fucking boring and not cool and not good at soccer and i love that she roasts him in front of the whole temple
0: he's like there are also so many scenes where you can tell that he is just like not operating on the same playing field as everybody else like when she and lydia have their big blow up at her house and she uninvites her to her bat mitzvah everybody is staring and watching everything go down like oh shit and he's just over there like dribbling the soccer ball just like <laughs> And you're mm-hmm. just like, this kid fucking sucks. But again, when you're 13, you don't realize that this person sucks. You just see like, oh, he's very cute. and looks kind of like he could might he might be in like One Direction. Therefore, I like him. I know that that made me sound like the oldest millennial possible by citing One Direction when Harry Styles has been a solo artist for blah, 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 blah. Bane's been a solo artist for even longer. Right. Mm.
1: <laughs> like... But for real, though, I I think this is also just the element of being young and having a boy that you develop a crush on just because of your idea of him and the look of him, because they don't talk to him. It's well established that they don't talk to him ever, which Mm -hmm. is the case in a lot of these movies. So all you're getting is whatever you think he is. And of course, the version in your mind means that he's perfect Mm because look at him. Look at him. Look at his hair.
0: Something that I really like that this movie does, too, is that the film itself like the way that the film looks at Andy evolves as Stacy does Mm -hmm. because our introduction to him might as well be Wayne's World Dreamweaver looking at Tia Carrera Mm -hmm. like he's you know being weird at a at a bar mitzvah and his he's kind of in slow-mo, but not really he's
1: beating the shit out of one of his I friends know. with one of those giant foam jousting things.
0: But like his hair is like flipping around and he's making eye contact from across the room. Like it very much sets up of like, oh, he's the dream boy. And like when she sees him kissing Lydia, it's also again almost in slow-mo. Mm-hmm. When she sees him at the uh at the retirement community, she's like walking towards him it's very dramatic and then as she becomes more mature and starts to really see him for what he is the movie starts showing him in ways where he sucks Mm -hmm. like where we start to really see you know through through the veneer of being the cutest boy in junior high and instead realizing this kid is not bringing anything to the table and this boy is not worth losing your best friend over i like that so much he's what one might describe as a fuck boy he might be a little fuckboy, but he's also 13 so he he couldn't redeem himself oh of course. I have I have faith
1: <laughs> you can you can turn a corner when you're 13 right but only if some, only if somebody actually calls you out on your shit otherwise what incentive is there for you to actually do this Because apparently he's a repeat offender he just max with every girl he's in temple. kissing
0: people in front of the Torah. what is wrong with you Yeah <laughs> Also okay Sarah Sherman as Rabbi Rebecca. I love Sarah Sherman. She is one of the funniest people on the planet. I still have no idea. Like, I still cannot believe that SNL was like, yeah, Sarah Squirm, that's who we're casting because she is so weird in Mm -hmm. every way that I love. I'm obsessed with her as Rabbi Rebecca. I don't
1: know. Maybe they were just like, man, I think you should leave did really well. We we made a mistake by not bringing him on.
0: (laughs) You know, maybe that is it. I don't know. But oh god, she's so funny, and (laughs) she's got a sick rabbi mullet. She's got her sweet rabbi mullet. Grateful
1: Dead yarmulkes
0: and the misfits one for when she means business. Yeah, time, Uh, time,
1: time for fucking like tough guy rabbi.
0: (laughs) Oh my god, so funny! Like there's so many people that are just kind of like sprinkled throughout here that I love, Jackie Hoffman, Jackie. Fucking Hoffman. What a treat. Oh, my God. Second appearance on the show after being he- here on Shiva Baby. I will eventually get more of her, Um, probably when we eventually do Grease Rise of the Pink Ladies on the Patreon, because that only lasted one season. You
1: know, yeah. Um,
0: Jackie Hoffman is a national fucking treasure, and it kills me that she is not, like, a household name outside of weirdos who appreciate character actors like us, mm-hmm. because she's only here for, like, a small period of time and is so goddamn funny. She's a treat. I love her so much.
1: She's like a high class dessert. Yeah. A small portion. It's not meant to last a long time, but goddammit.
0: Love it. It's rich. Yeah. <laughs> we also have another personal favorite of Harmony and Eyes. Louise Guzman is here as ah. Lydia's dad who's divorcing his mom and is on six dating apps. I Oh, God. I love him so much. He's so funny. And I'm always delighted whenever he appears on screen. And watching him fight with Jackie Sandler in the mall is. Mm-hmm.
1: So good. They're they they have really good chemistry. Then, then again, like Luis is great in everything he's in. Mm-hmm. Literally everything. Love mm-hmm. this man. Absolutely. Like beloved character actor Luis Guzman.
0: Uh huh. And like he's having like such a nice career resurgence right now because of like being on Wednesday and playing Gomez. That when like they announced his casting and people were like Luis Guzman, I was like I will fucking murder you. Yeah. I'm obsessed with him. He's great. Mm. Leave him alone. <laughs> Um, and speaking of Jackie Sandler though, because she doesn't have, you know, quite as prominent of a role as the rest of the family, but I have a secret crush on Jackie Sandler because Mm -hmm. she's one of the angels in Little Nikki, and I think she's so beautiful. Um, (laughs) and seeing her in this movie makes me so delighted because she's so joyful and such a babe. And there's a moment at the end after Lydia and Stacy make up where Lydia is already in like the reception hall for the bat mitzvah, and Sonny Sandler is standing outside because Jackie is playing Lydia's mom, um, but obviously she is Sonny Sandler's actual mom, and so she's standing there as Stacy, and she she's pointing to Lydia, and she has this big smile, and Jackie Sandler's behind her smiling, and the two of them have the same smile, and it gets so sweet because... Sadie Sandler, who plays Ronnie, pulls a lot of her features from Adam, and you know she's part of this core family, so we see the two of them together. But getting this moment of Jackie and Sunny together is just so freaking cute, and it makes me so happy, and it just makes my heart explode.
1: I mean, I feel totally fine saying that because Adam Sandler, no one ever has anything bad to say about the man, Mm -hmm. and he just seems like a real down-to-earth kind of guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm delighted that when they roll credits and it's like, Dina Menzel and I'm like yeah it makes sense you could top building and then the next slide is all four Sandler's like on just one a, slide just
0: a brick of Sandler <laughs> yes it's just like look at all those Sandler's <laughs> yeah it's it's really delightful um so something else that this movie does really well that I've not really seen before but I found really fascinating, and you pointed this out to me.
1: It's really interesting when we do this show after three years, and we get to say, something I've not really seen before?
2: Yeah. That is,
1: that is a fucking delight. Uh-huh. Because, like, teen movies are really formulaic,
2: mm-hmm. and,
1: like, obviously this follows a certain level of a formula, mm-hmm. but it's what you do with the formula.
0: Exactly. Um, so the camera in this feels very, very Gen Z. And what I mean by that- these,
1: these fucking, these these tiny snap zooms?
0: Yeah, there are all these like little zooms for emphasis and they're very fast and very sudden. Like they're not like slow cinematic zooms. Mm-hmm. They're very quick. And the best way that I can describe it is that it reminds me of when you're scrolling TikTok and somebody will zoom in for emphasis before making another point. It feels like the cinematic version of that. Mm-hmm. And so it gives it this very like- Frenetic energy and it feels very youthful and it feels very like filmed for a generation who watches and consumes media on TikTok. TikTok cinematography. Yeah, but without it feeling like he's all that, where it feels like, Uh. look, here's a phone screen because this is what the youth looks like. (laughs) Haha. Like it doesn't have that energy at all. Like this is the correct way to film a movie that appeals to Gen Z or whatever the way that studios want things to like, it feels authentic to that experience. It doesn't feel like, how do you do fellow kids? Mm -hmm. And that is such a relief and so smart and something that I really like about Sammy Cohen's filmmaking style because crush feels very similar to me. And again, we'll do a whole episode on that movie at some point, but it has a similar energy where I watch it and I'm like, this is unmistakably a movie for today's teens not like a teen movie that is borrowing conventions from the 90s the way Do revenges, which I love but like that is a very different approach to the material.
1: The way that something like I don't know smart is like for, about teens but it's something that like adults who reflect on their teendom go like
0: oh yeah, yeah I do love
1: my best friend.
0: Yes absolutely whereas this movie feels very much like this is for that generation. There are moments of it that adults can enjoy and will relate to for sure but that is not the priority um, it feels a lot more like sh- like almost like Shrek in that regard where this is like the live-action Shrek of this is specifically for a target audience and there's plenty of stuff that is going to go over the heads of the younger people and that they're not going to be ready to like unpack quite yet what is Shawshank <laughs> right like what Shawshank! (laughs)
1: Clearly, you did not have a dad who would stop every time channel scrolling on a weekend and go, oh, we got to watch the second half of Shawshank. It's so exciting when Andy escapes.
0: (laughs) Right, exactly. So I think that that is a really interesting way to make this movie. And this movie does also still pay homage to plenty of teen movies when they go to the movie theater They're going to a John Hughes marathon. They are. And like,
1: what what an unintentional uh, little thing to have us come right off the breakfast club with.
0: I know. It was so sweet. And like when Adam Sandler comes out of the theater and he's wearing a bathrobe, I'm like, look at you, dad, from 16 Candles. I see you.
1: But I think that that's like a code that people have been trying to crack with like the current uh, teen culture cinematically. It's not a matter of them. Liking the, the 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 content per se, I think the medium and the delivery of the content needs to change mm-hmm. because I will fully admit I don't often have the uh, patience for long, slow, drawn out scenes that one might say is cinema with a pinched hand. Mm-hmm. I am a better example of 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 a of a, a well trained attention span. But young people certainly don't have that, especially when scrolling through constantly flipping and changing things for hours a day. Mm -hmm. I think the issue is just a matter of retaining the attention span, not necessarily by the content, but in terms of how it is shot. And I think that having the camera move in subtle motions for emphasis whilst being uh, a little jarring if done too much, which this movie does not do, I think it's that little dose that... It, it, it feels familiar, right? Mm-hmm. I hope we don't go too extreme with it, mm-hmm. where suddenly someone goes like, we're going to just basically have it moving in and out like it's a new version of shaky cam.
0: Right. That would be true. Ch- I think that people would like.
1: The limit does indeed exist. Yes. <laughs> we will hit a point where we will get motion sickness from it going too much, where someone's just zooming the fucking scrolling wheel on their phone too much because they're emphasizing a point too much. Then it's just like TikToks that give off chaotic energy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Definitely. So obviously, you and I are not Jewish people. This is not part of our experience or our upbringing at all whatsoever. Um and for more on that, you can listen to our Shiva Baby episode where we had an actual Jewish person on talking about it. Mm. But part of why I wanted us to talk about this just on our own is that as important as it is to talk about movies through the lens of people who, you know, this is speaking to their experience directly, this movie is so accessible even if you are not Jewish, and that I think is also extremely important, is that you and I watch this, this is not our culture, this is not our background, and yet we're able to identify with the the quote unquote universal experiences of problems with your friends, having a crush on somebody, and it not being well, a your good first idea. Heartache,
1: your first uh, heartache, trouble with your parents. What it's like to be uh, a woman now. Like, like it, it's handling very similar things to, like, the are you there, God, it's me, Margaret, of, like, periods. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, God, I'm a woman. We I've just been throwing King of the Hill on lately, just in the background, and Connie has her whole woman thing of just mm-hmm. being like, oh, no, I'm a woman now. But, like, Titanic hits you on the right day, blows your fucking mind. Yeah. Like, womanhood comes in many different forms, either, you know, socially, physically, spiritually. Like, there's a lot of different ways of that. I, as a child, loved Eight Crazy Nights. Mm -hmm. Do I still love Eight Crazy Nights? Like half of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't need deers eating diarrhea. Um, I don't don't think most people do. Could do without that. Uh, I love, uh, I listened to the Hanukkah song growing up, you know. Sandler's always just been about like, let's have let's have some fun and make Judaism accessible Mm -hmm. while still keeping it a very closed off religion. And I respect that.
0: Yeah. And I feel like this movie also does a really good job at doing that. So this is based on a book, but I have not read the book. But I have read some interviews with Sammy Cohen where they have talked about how they tried to update that story so that it would be more relatable to today's audiences because I think the book is from 2005 and while 2005 doesn't seem like it was that long ago when we're talking about teen stuff that is another lifetime.
1: I mean there's the the musical choices of this movie there's a couple where I'm like I don't know do kids still listen to that take me to your best friend's house I'm like do kids still like that one? It
0: shows up on TikTok a lot. Dude, so, all right. I yeah. mean,
1: I guess it's just like Iconopop and, and fucking Charlie XCX. Like, we, we're still getting down with that song. We should. It rules. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that one was still in the rotation.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, and uh, Estee Higham, Estee, este, SD I It's a a name that I've only ever read. Um, But I know that she was involved in choosing the music, so it feels very, very fresh. Um, I also know that with the wardrobe, the Sandler sisters had a lot of say in the wardrobe because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times... Be- Again, because for a lot of people, if they don't have kids or they don't have young people in their lives, they're under the assumption that what they see on TikTok is like what life is. So it's like, yo, yeah, all of like the teens today, they all dress like they're Kylie Jenner. And it's like, that's not true. And that's why we see Stacy wearing like band T-shirts with pigtails or for, like. For ba- special be-
1: events, they dress like that.
0: Yeah, special events they dress up. but When, when taking they're
1: taking just- pictures, they dress like that. Yeah,
0: but when they're just going to school, nah, like they don't. You don't got time for that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that a lot, too, because I do think that there is sort of this, like, performative lens that a lot of adults making teen movies are doing right now well, it's where because we're everybody interpreting, looks like that. We're interpreting it through,
1: like, the lens of the Internet. And right. we're operating as though, like, oh, wow, when I was 13, I wore stupid things like taupe-colored snowsuits and look at, like, 13-year-olds now dressing sexy,
0: what? Right, and it's like, well, it's because everything that they do is front-facing, so everything that we're seeing that is recorded in perpetuity, they're looking their best. Well, it's
1: also just, yes, it's that, and it's also that unless you're hanging out with a bunch of teenagers, which, like, Maybe your friends' kids, but otherwise, like, don't be weird. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Why would you? Uh, unless you're doing that, you're getting the version that they want you to see. Yes. So it is performative. It is. It's curated. Exactly, and it's definitely not what most people are like most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what what episode we talked about. I think it was maybe the one of our so-called life episodes. And uh, yeah, it's like, hey, when you're a fucking goth kid or an emo kid or whatever. You did not look like that all the time, like the, the the high glam goth girlfriend version that everyone sees online, where all the boys are like, mm, I want a dig titty goth girlfriend, mm-hmm. I want those mommy milkers, mm-hmm. you know. That's not what most girls look like most of the time. That's Mm -hmm. what they look like when they go out to a special thing or when they take a million pictures in like one day with several costume changes and then they can upload them for a couple weeks.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. And that was very true for me growing up as well as like a scene kid. You did
1: your makeup and it turned out really, really good that day. So it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm going to take so many MySpace photos, put a bunch of filters through them so you can't tell I took them all the same day.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. I do that all the time. Exactly. And kids today still do that, which is why when you're on TikTok, you'll see somebody wearing, like, a different shirt, but their makeup is still the same. Or, like, their makeup is the same, but their hair is a little different. They just. I'm
1: just going to backlog a bunch of these things so that I have content for the next few days. (laughs) Exactly. That way I don't have to do my makeup all the time.
0: Yeah. Like, that's very much a thing. And this movie is, like, kind of feeding into that, which is brilliant. And I, like, again, communication. Just be more transparent about it. You Um, can't
1: be because people will judge you. The, the popular girls who also feel like they vaguely judge you for being straight will judge you.
0: Okay, yeah, that shit was really funny. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, I mean, a couple people are here are straight, I guess.
0: That made me laugh <laughs> so hard. Oh, my God, I love it. How the tables have turned. Yeah. Um, so there's also one other character that we haven't really talked about, and I just want to give the shout out because I'm obsessed. I love Mateo so much. Such a
1: sweet boy. Like the second he's also introduced. Also cute hair, but not given credit for having his cute
2: hair.
0: The second he shows up and he's talking, I like immediately you're like, okay, so that's the boy that likes Stacy and Stacy doesn't see it because she's too busy looking at the popular boy. Mm-hmm. But Mateo's going to be the boy that is like respectful and lovely yep. because he's like going around a table. He's like, can I have all the extra rolls I'm going to bring? I was like, I love you. He's a You're short king. so sweet. You are a short king. Oh, he's great. But
1: can girls have crushes on boys that are shorter than them at 13, or do they have to have crushes on the athletes?
0: See, and I love that too because she's so much taller than him, which definitely leads into kind of like the girls mature faster than well,
1: boys. Girls usually are taller than boys at what around this age because mm-hmm. they spring up, and all the boys are like.
0: Oh God, I love them. And I just, I love that this movie is also cast with actual teens, which is hard to do because mm-hmm. especially if you're going to make a movie that is dealing with any sort of like mature content, you should probably not have actual teenagers. That's weird. Sure. Um, there's not that much mature content. There's really not. And the stuff that is in here that is quote unquote mature feels very age appropriate. It's even mature
1: if... in the way that Judy Bloom is mature where it's like, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's talk of periods. Yeah. <laughs> Adam i like, just being like, what a kind of flow do you have? It's a big heavy flow this month. i gonna buy <laughs> you the biggest pads.
0: <laughs> like that's
1: about as how mature it gets. It's, uh, that's about as mature as it's gonna get in this movie, which some people will be like, oh, how dare you?
0: And frontal farts, though, too. Frontal farts. Frontal farts. That shit's real funny. Just fucking
1: clap your thighs together three times and then fucking <laughs> fart in your
0: friend's face. <laughs> that's not how queefing works, for the record. So, we've definitely been talking more like about our, and around the movie and less about like the core of the movie. And
1: as uh, I don't know, I think we've been talking very much about the core of the movie. Just not scene by scene.
0: Yeah, because it's just boring. It's just that's a. That's boring... just not how
1: we do things. That's not how we do things. I'm chaotic. <laughs> I'm TikToks that give off chaotic energy. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but th- one area that we haven't really talked about is DJ Schmuly. <laughs> Dude, I love DJ Schmooley.
1: DJ Schmooley feels like the most happy Madison character in this whole movie.
0: He fucking sucks in the best way possible. Yeah. Like, I think that's another thing is like we say sometimes like, oh, I hate this person or oh, they fucking suck. And people need to know that when we say that, that's also neutral. Yeah. <laughs> like, if that makes sense.
1: In a, in a different movie, this like, this role of like the putz who's having a bad time would be played by like Rob Schneider or David Spade. Mm-hmm. But it's like, let's not put them in this role.
0: Yeah. No, but G- the
1: guy but the guy who constantly is crashing his car and it's like, it's the child's fault. I was trying to pick up on the meter maid.
0: <laughs> DJ Schmooley feels to me like the guy in the longest yard that doesn't want people to think he's gay.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: I can't remember that actor's name. And yet
1: he makes out with Tracy Morgan as a prison queen.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: What, what a weird movie that is. That
0: movie's so weird. Man, but Kevin, it does
1: Kevin get... Nash talking about how his nipples hurt.
0: See, but that's just funny to like,
1: me. Like, it <laughs> Kevin Nash is really good in that movie. Like,
0: Kevin Nash is super that, good in that, that movie. Movie's, the movie's Big Sexy is really good in every movie, though. He is.
1: He is. Like that movie. <laughs> that movie's fine. It's got some very good moments. <laughs>
0: yeah, it has some great moments and some stuff that's aged like milk in the sun. But oh, hey, of that, course. that's comedy in teen movies.
1: Of course. <laughs> so yeah, like I don't know. Like we're not actually talking about DJ Schmuly. There's somewhere else you were going with this topic.
0: <laughs> oh, I was going to talk about the, how there's just so much inherent queerness built into this movie that if you if you know, you know, sort Mm -hmm. of thing. Um, So for example, on the backboard of the classroom in Rabbi Rebecca's room, there's like a thing on the wall about uh, benign mitzvahs. Mm -hmm. I probably just pronounced that incorrectly. I am so apologetic for that. But it's uh, the version of mitzvahs for people who are gender nonconforming and Um, Mm non-binary. There's an episode in the first season of And Just Like That uh, that is also about that because Charlotte's uh, child is non-binary, and is, you know, having a mitzvah. And their rabbi is Hari Neff, trans rabbi. Big fan. I remember that. Um, I was in the room for that part. Yeah. So, like, I, that's really cool. Like, you know, the, the thing that you mentioned about, you know, oh, some of us are just straight here. I think that's really cool. Like, it's just sort of thrown in there, and it's not a it's, big deal. It's very
1: casual in a way that is very funny to me.
0: Yeah, it's really funny, but it's also really refreshing, because it feels like... It's well, part of the world. Well,
1: especially for young people, queerness is just so fucking casual. Yeah. I mean, some people definitely take it to an extreme where like they go they go all in, it's their whole personality, it's all they talk about, but like as just a facet of life, it's like, oh hey, the sky is blue. So a lot of us are queer. There you yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> like there's
0: there's a pride flag in the school and like it's not pointed out, like it, it doesn't ever feel very after school, especially in the way that it handles queerness. Like queerness is just part of the fabric of this world. Mm-hmm. And that's also probably be because director Sammy Cohen is queer non-binary, mm-hmm. so that is part of it. But something that I, again, I'm gonna give Adam Sandler props for is that Adam Sandler got the rights to this book and his daughters were attached to the project. Like this movie was going to be made no matter what. But Sandler was one of the people who like sought out this director and was like, this is what I'm looking for. I want somebody who is Jewish, but I want somebody who can speak to this generation. And they had just made Crush. So like Sandler did the work. Like He used his I'm Adam fucking Sandler privilege to make sure that this story was told the way that it needs to be told and mm-hmm. to speak to the audience it needs to speak to. Like that's wonderful. And that's what more people need to be doing. Like in this industry, yes. In this industry. In this world, yes. Yes. Like (laughs) he knows when he should be making a movie that is him and all his buddies fucking off and doing whatever and speaking to that sort of brand of comedy. And he knows when to take the back seat. Mm -hmm. So for as much shit as people like to give Adam Sandler for being like sophomoric or juvenile or whatever, like that is so much like a caricature of who he is as a person. Yeah. Like the real person he is, like that is the person who made this movie happen.
1: Well, yeah, like Sandler... Clearly makes the movies that he makes to pay the bills, and then he does the things he's passionate about, like his basketball movie or this. Right. Or, you know, The House Bunny.
2: Right. Like
1: Sandler's Sandler's great. Uh I have nothing but love for Adam Sandler with my whole heart. I what's really funny is thinking about how this movie handles like modern modern teen girl isms and queerness and stuff like that. Like Three weeks ago, I think we did Baby Assassins, and I was like, this is the first movie that we've done on this podcast that I think actually captures what it's like to be a a teen in the modern age. Mm -hmm. And now we have a second one. I know. It's great. (laughs) It went a really long time before I felt like one that I recognized as Today's Kids. Mm -hmm. But like, here we go. We got two doses within a month of each other.
0: And like, the important thing to that is that it feels like Today's Kids... Through the lens of today's kids. It doesn't feel like. Yeah. The prom feels like today's kids through the lens of somebody who's old. They slash them feels like kids today through the lens of somebody that's old. And like that's not. That works
1: for period pieces. Like are you there God it's me Margaret. Yeah that
0: works perfectly. That doesn't work in our current age. Yeah. No it just it just doesn't. So Harmony the time has come you are so not invited to my bat mitzvah is inviting you to the prom. Is That's that, a- that
1: sentence. I need you all to know BJ had to take multiple takes on that one.
0: <laughs> you are so not invited to invited to, uh, do you, do you wish, do you, do you ever have a dream? Um, yeah, you could do
1: anything. You could
0: do anything. Yes, no, or maybe going to the prom. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, this is a yes. I think that this is just a really, really nice film. Like, Unlike you, Are You There, God, as Me, Margaret, which is like a stellar fucking perfect film that is like so heady and so heavy. I think that this is like a significantly more accessible film that handles similar topics, Mm -hmm. but it's not as existential about like religion. Mm -hmm. Um, No, this is nice. I figured I'd like it because BJ talked very, very, very highly of it for the week between her watching it the first time and us watching it the second time. And, yeah, it's neat. I hope more people watch it. It's it's number one on Netflix right now, so clearly it's doing well.
0: Clearly it is doing well, and that means Twizzler Bar for everybody, as Yay, far as I'm concerned. Red Vine Bar, damn it. You know Red Vine Bar it is. We are a Red Vine household. <laughs> <laughs> but I also like like the weird Twizzlers, like the stuffed Twizzlers. Like, oh, that is God-tier I shit. Just,
1: I just don't like the... Like, you get those fun-sized Twizzlers around Oh, Halloween those are trash. They taste just like, like wax. plastic, and you have Ugh. to really chew They taste like the fucking wax lips you get, where you have to, like... Ugh.
0: yeah no those aren't good eh. <laughs> eh. well friends thank you so much for listening to this episode as always you can follow the show on twitter instagram and now blue sky at this ends at prom
1: look at that we have a thing
0: you can follow me on twitter instagram tiktok blue sky at bj colangelo
1: and you can follow me on twitter and instagram at velocitraptor veloci underscore trap underscore tour or also blue sky at my name
0: harmony colangelo and as always, thank you to the Sonderbombs for allowing us to use "Title" as our theme song. Harmony, what band do you want people to check out this week inspired by You Are So Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah?
1: So I needed something poppy, but I needed something on you know, a more indie scale. And if you've been like following our playlist on the Patreon for a long time, this band has probably made several appearances as they've released singles, but I think they've like truly distilled down the sound they were going for with their album Retrovision that came out this summer. Uh this is Honey Revenge and unfortunately, for any pop-punk band that is not sung by a dude, everyone's like they sound like Paramore and that is not true. Uh what I really like about Honey Revenge and what I think that they do so well that makes them Uh, very popular like they're gaining a lot of traction over the last couple months is they are not pop punk by way of hey we took punk and then just used the same like three pop chord progressions and sang about girls in a a whiny kind of way that like pop punk from our generation is this is actually punk music but using modern pop song sensibilities and I think that that's really refreshing and very very cool Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the whole album is really great I think the best tracks are uh, Airhead and Rerun, but that's just me.
0: Very nice. I mean, Harmony was playing some of it earlier for me, and it feels right at home with this movie soundtrack.
1: This soundtrack that uh, name drops Olivia Rodrigo multiple times, but they don't get her.
0: I know. (laughs) Music superstar
1: Olivia Rodrigo.
0: (laughs) But you could do Alipo, which is great. Yeah, well, I mean, the soundtrack's kind of great for this. Yeah, the soundtrack is very, like, like it's exactly for, like, what it needs to be. modern pop music, like, this is this is pretty legit. Absolutely. Big, big
1: fan. No, nothing's going to touch that Icon of Pop, Charlie XCX song, because it's one of, like, the best songs of that decade. Yeah. Like, it's so unbelievably good. But, like, that's okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You don't have to be as good as the best to be good. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's a lesson about best friends.
0: <laughs> Alrighty, friends, we will see you next week. And as always, save that last dance for us. Okay, bye. Bye. I think Tua would make the party perfect.
2: You can have a ball pit.
0: That's for kids. I've had my period for seven months now.
2: That's a long period, sweetheart.
1: This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me.